0: and we're live what is going on everyone happy holidays to you it's never that simple with Ramon I'm your host I'm your guy Ramon uh thank you once again to everybody I really do appreciate the love, people getting a chance to listen. Let me know what they think. Uh, got a chance to expand a little bit on the music part, and I wanted this week to have a variation of subjects, but it all ties into one thing. Today we focus so much on the analytics, when it, basically technology. When it comes to sports, when it comes to music, I feel like sometimes we forget that not everything that we see or want to focus on, even if when it comes to the process, should always evolve around the advanced metrics of something. Now more than ever, people who necessarily... They like sports, they love sports, but they love you know, the, the people who, who were considered as quote unquote "nerds" has a chance to in, in, ingratiate themselves in sports, to ingratiate themselves in music. It goes beyond just the people who does the music or who's, you know, playing a certain way, right? And so what I feel like to do, you know what we can do is just go over a few things when it comes to how we. Analyze sports now, how we analyze music, mostly on sports, because for anyone who watches it, not everyone can watch something and know how to interpret it. Right. Same thing, reading a book. Not everyone's reading comprehension is all that great. There is only a rare amount of people who have the skill and the talent to break something down in detail. From an eye's view, you can write. You know, now the 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 traditional numbers doesn't always tell the story, and I'm always here for that. But what has happened now is it's taken away from the the game we love. When it comes to, it's allowing maybe some of the players or people who are. Who who doesn't really fit or have the mode to be what we f- want them to be. And we praise those people, but also complain that they might be overpaid or they're overrated. L- look how we do with quarterbacks, right? But first, start out with basketball. So once upon a time, especially, you know, back in... Pre-TV days, you know, when it comes to basketball, you've had to have the skill. There were only a certain amount of people who had the athleticism, right? And and when I mean athleticism, basically we mean black people because... If any, me, any of you know, <laughs> we laugh. We have a good time. Anytime someone speaks about one team against another, how this team has a bunch of athleticism. It doesn't matter if they have a good shooter on the team. They're athletic. They can do things that others can't do on the court, right? And as times change, people are become bigger, faster, and stronger. But in basketball, it's about the technical work. The, the, it's about the technique, actually, the footwork, hand-eye coordination, the ability to have a high IQ, know where everywhere is, everyone is on the floor, spacing, and even with the people who can do that, people wasn't shooting as three as many three pointers. They felt like that was too far away from the basket. The idea is the closer you are to the basket, the higher the percentage is. And what has happened now is they have figured out that when you space the floor, a three pointer is more important than a long range two pointer. Once upon a time living and dying by the three was a negative term. Now, we can still view that as a negative but teams rather go out that way, like the Houston Rockets missing 27 threes in Game 7 against the uh, the Warriors last year. Well, you know, those shots were open. We just missed. Sometimes you just have to take one dribble and get it. make the shot. Just make one shot. When we, you know, when you see someone like Dr. J and Michael Jordan, 80s going into the 90s, it was all about athleticism. Some guys didn't have the skill. They didn't really, you know, partake in the triple threat, the, the footwork in order to get to certain spots on the floor. It was all about we're going to get this ball. We're going to do everything possible to get to the hoop, dunk it, or a spectacular layup. And while all that was going on overseas, people was able to teach the game when, when it comes to the fundamentals. That's why you see so many of the big men across the world who has better footwork. They can dribble a little better. They know they, they're better at spacing, little better shooters. They People consider those guys soft, unfortunately. But that's how those. That's how that was viewed, you know. And it's funny that now you look at the NBA, we want that very. We want that that same thing. We want our taller players. If you, once upon a time you seven feet tall, you, you more likely was going to get to the league as long as you didn't look horrible, running up and down the court. But now we expect you. We want you to shoot threes. It doesn't matter if he's diamond in the paint. Can he shoot threes? Can he at least block a shot? And that's really unfortunate. Because people, you know, the game is still, basketball is still a beautiful game. But sometimes you have to be dominant. in a, Like some of our favorite big men in history, if they play today, people would dog them for being trash. They view them like a bunch of Jaleel Okafor's. Now, with the game changing now, you know, they will be more prone to learn to shoot threes. But imagine like Shaquille O'Neal being forced to hit more 15 footers. Shaquille O'Neal shooting two threes a game at least just to keep the defense honest. So keep the lane open for Kobe to get to the lane more. Now, don't get me wrong. Nobody really liked it. it was a lane for three or four people. And Jordan had to get to the get to the paint, and you know, it was three people all over him. And it was really no, you know, there was no spacing. But I feel like sometimes we we get so caught up in that we forget that people there's some actual skill involved, some talent involved, some IQ involved. So not everyone wants to shoot threes and jump shots. You can practice and you can work hard to become a better shooter. There's some people just naturally a better shooter than others. There's some people who need the ball a certain way in their hand to shoot the ball. If they get the ball and they have to hesitate or dribble once to shoot, their percentage goes down significantly. And sometimes we don't want that. I don't want that. Like I, I, I grew up a Lakers and a Bucks fan. And you know, I see how teams want the Giannis to shoot more threes. The Greek freak, right? And yes, you know, he he'll gonna shoot him, it's not gonna all go in, you know, you wanna keep the defense honest, things like that. Whoop de doo. But if he can get to the lane and do at will, then so be it. If he can back you down and get and get a jump hook in, then so be it. And he's dominating. It is crazy. It is like it's it's so I can't believe that we we have done this. Now like as the league kind of change, oh well, well Carmelo's—he's not as good as we want him to be because the league changes, or like we dictate the terms of how we play these sports, not because the computer said so. We did the same thing college football—we tie these computers telling us who the best teams are. Let's hopefully have these people in good faith choose the best four teams, but usually they have some uh, um, affiliation, so we don't fully believe in that. But it's this weird—it's this weird thing that we just. Have where we're trying to watch the game, but then we're depending so much on technology to dictate the terms of how we should view something. I find it so insulting because there are some legit, talented people who probably should be in the NBA right now. But because this guy who only is good at three-pointers... He's not a good defender. He's more like once upon a time being being a player that has a specific skill helps in a way, you know, but they still had to be good at other things. It's even the way people judge LeBron LeBron James need a team full of shooters. But it's funny because you want a team full of shooters for LeBron James, right? But then complain that the team is not that great defensively. Or you complain that LeBron's doing too much of the work to get all the assists. Oh, why does he have to rebound so much? No, you got guys that just shoot threes. They, they have nothing else to, to their repertoire, right? Nothing else. So you can't have it both ways. There are a few players that are great shooters. Steph Curry just happened to be the same way when Michael Jordan won a championship with no real big men. Remember, the NBA has been used to you win a championship, evolved around really good big men. It's rare that you have a championship team evolved around wings or guards. Now, it's a, bit, it's, a, it's a debate when it comes to the Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, because he's the best player on that Detroit team, but he has some really good big men. The big men wasn't like, you know, they, they were tiers above like the Luke Longley types or, the, you know, or the Bill Winningtons that Michael Jordan had. But you still need a big man to win. Miami was able to win without a really a big man, even though Chris Bosh is a power forward, but they forced him to shoot more threes. And so, I, you know, I find it very problematic that we we do that. Let me know what you think about that. I, I find it kind of problematic. You know, I, I, I miss when we can just enjoy. So like. Think about how people view Iverson. If Iverson played today and he had games where he shot a lot of shots, high-volume shooter, Michael Jordan, high-volume shooter, Kobe, like we really dog those guys, but we appreciate those guys who they don't shoot as much because he's very efficient. But there are key moments where, forget about efficiency, you just have to find a way to score. You have to get to the hoop. You have to dominate. You have to put your stamp on the game. But where were they when we needed them for that? But we look back, it's like, well, you did play an efficient game. It's just everybody else just step up. We we've seen this. People used to judge LeBron. LeBron used to have 11 for 16, 30-some points, and you know, and, and he was a very efficient eight rebounds, eight assists, three steals. But in times where you needed him because maybe this shot wasn't there. He like, no, you can get the rim better than anyone. like it's it's some sometimes you have to simplify it. Iverson. I think if you look at the numbers from Iverson's 2001 finals, was it 2001? When they lost to the Lakers, they, they lost 4-1 in the finals. He has the only win against that dominant Lakers team in that playoff run. If you look at his numbers, people was like, I mean, he was good. People never really look at the numbers. Why? Because when you see that game, you knew, yo, he went out here and put his heart on the floor. It's almost like the debate to people who love Westbrook or do they hate Westbrook or, you know, it's 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 this weird balance. Now, there are times where people, you know, they go a little too hard they get a little too aggressive. They out here wilding out. They they need to control themselves. They need to know how to, you know, push and to pull. You know, it's that comes with intelligence, come with maturity. You know, people look at how IQ guys, they know when to do those things. But sometimes the analytics not always going to help. Because you ran this many miles during the game, or you got to this part of the floor, and you have to get this floor like conserve energy, like all those different things. After a while, doesn't really matter. You have to find a way to get a W. Things break down sometimes, so you have to learn how to adjust. So, what tell me what you think of that? Now, uh, let's transition. the same thing, analytics when it comes to football. Now, football to me really. Has taken this to a new level because once upon a time when the college game had had transitioned to a lot more uh, quarterbacks not playing under center, the shotgun, the pistol position where, you know, people felt like, well, can this quarterback come to the league and play under center and be able to read defenses, right? And at first, you it, the players that were being judged were the black quarterbacks at the time. Then you had white quarterbacks doing so. Every every pretty much every offense has has evolved themselves, not really playing under center like that. If you're a team that's playing under center, people really enjoy the fact you play on a pro offense, and maybe the quarterback you have is pretty good to adjust to the league. But it it you it's never it's never always that guarantee. But what I don't like is when people use something like. His percentage, he sh- he's throwing sixty five percent from the field this season, but then you look at his average yards per throw. He's only throwing a lot. He's a he's throwing five to six yards every pass. Most of his passes, there are guys that be like fifteen for twenty for a hundred yards, and a touchdown. And we're just happy. And like to me, that analytics to ha- has done it, has done this where, you know, we we still value quarterbacks, how important they are. But we devalue the running backs. They're not as valuable anymore. The game has evolved to the point where we can pass a lot more. Shout out to the Canadian League because, you know, it was all about the passing, bigger field, things like that. But the NFL became this passing league where the running is not that important anymore. We're going to change some things around to protect the players, quote-unquote. And then defenses don't have the opportunities to assault the offense the way they used to. So now... Offenses are a lot more, I can't even say explosive. They just, they have the ability to do more, even if they're not doing much. That's crazy. I just thought of that. That's dope. Anyway. But the irony I find in this is the same position in the running back position that you don't find as valuable anymore is the same position that you're depending on to make your quarterbacks look better that keep throwing them short passes, The running backs are somewhat the reason why some of these quarterbacks are getting so much money. Because some can't throw downfield, some are scared to throw downfield. A lot of coaches have the offense where they want to be geniuses and, and they think they're the smartest people and things like that. That they just well, if it's open, we'll throw it in the middle of the sideline. thing. like, I find it so problematic that. Some of the advanced numbers we look at, it could tell a deeper story. I do appreciate that. But there is some talent you just can't teach. And I feel the accountability has to be held to the coaches. Think about this. Brad Favre played today. People would hate his guts because he threw too many interceptions. he needed to throw of passes, he always going for long, like, I don't think you realize this, but Carson Palmer and Cam Newton, that MVP season when Cam Newton took the Carolina Panthers, where he's probably the best running back on the team, and him being the quarterback, and his best receiver was Ted Gitt Jr., his average yards per throw was one of the highest in the NFL. The completions go down a little bit, but when you, it's almost like You have to spend money to make money. Scare money don't make money type thing. You have to go for some big plays. You have to at least be accurate and not make a lot of mistakes and throw uh, interceptions that, you know, timely mistakes and things like that. But you have to have offenses that take those gambles. People look at Tom Brady at his best when he had a Randy Moss to throw down field or when Gronk was dominant. I understand a win is a win. The same way we looked at the Seattle Super Bowl, you know, he, he he played the 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 thousand slice and cuts for a kill. Look how he sliced and dice, you know, five yards, six yards, seven, eight yard throws here and there, just dip and dunk, as they like to say. But you didn't get you see, like Oh, my God. that was, You just looked at it like, oh, man, you can't stop that. And I understand the win is the win, but we're taking – but what ends up happening is you could probably do that with Tom Brady or Peyton Manning probably should have done that later in his career because he was so used to throwing the ball downfield compared to Tom Brady. But then you have guys like the Kirk Cousin types, the $84 million he's made from Minnesota. You gave him all this money just to kind of be good enough and put the talent around here. him. But the the money he's making is saying, even if things break down, we still have you to get us there. That's why I find crazy. So I really want to. Shout out to the you know our running backs because those guys are the ones making everyone the money. Defense still is important. We we get so NBA NFL, we so focus on the offense, right? That it does you know, so they have the advanced numbers to figure out okay, this guy just scoring points on a bad team, or uh some advanced numbers when it comes to offensive or defensive rating, all those other things. The crazy thing about it is still have to be a solid defender. Or defensive team. And the things that we don't find as valuable are still valuable, which is big men that know how to play in the paint and defend in the paint, and running backs that know how to run the ball and keep defenses honest when it comes to the play action. Music. I feel like now with technology you know we we look at the numbers and the streams and it's like wow this is the best artist ever because the numbers they're putting up There are a lot of artists that's constantly in the studio. It's their job. That's what all they do. But my problem is, is we 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 get so excited because Lil Wayne or the future's out here coming out with music nonstop. At once upon a time, my question is, is the music good? Dude's coming out with albums, twenty songs. Okay, three songs are really good, and two, four songs are alright. But then three of those songs become mega hits, and then we think, oh man, it's the best artist ever. Did you hear the album? Yeah, it was only three good songs. Three songs out of 20 songs. So we just going to let them continue to come out with albums because of that? Because they're, quote unquote, working hard every day in the studio? Yes, they made an abundance of money they be able to tour now because those three songs hit. But I still care about the quality and the talent. There's a difference between you physically going in the store and getting a copy of a CD. Now, they care about you physically buying that CD. They actually took some effort to do that. Let me go in here, buy the CD, pay for it, walk out, listen to it. They don't know that in, you know, in your first listen that you feel like you like it or not. Like, you can't really dictate that. But, then, but when it comes to stream, anybody can come across it now. Now you got people that return the listen to it over and over again. But some the, the, what I'm basically just getting at is sometimes we forget that the, the actual talent is being forgotten about what we see and what we hear. Our five senses is what gets us enjoying something. The numbers are important. You can't always go with traditional numbers because they don't always tell the story. And as someone, I'm a very, I'm a process individual. I like the process. I like digging deep. I like, I love perspective. That's why I created this podcast. It's all about perspective. Thinking more than just the, 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 the simple thoughts. But what we have gotten away from is actually seeing something. And knowing that that person can do something no one else can do now, when it comes to the things I speak on when it comes to analytics, sometimes that's having someone get the money or making money or having a spotlight that they never they've never had before. And that's dope. But my challenge is. What about the ones who actually has a talent? And the ones who we feel like deserve that spotlight. I know everybody trying to get their family to have better and do better. But I really do feel that even though we don't want numbers to lie, numbers do lie. It's always about that's why we have the perspective. That's why we have to break things down. Just because this artist or this player advanced numbers look a tad bit better doesn't mean we're going to, you know, create a record label or put a team around that particular player or uh, start a record label with that specific artist because the numbers look like oh they do pretty well in this pocket of information so thank you for rocking with your boy today again this week been dealing with some sickness sore throat I'm suffering right now <laughs> so uh, once again, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. You can catch it on 10 different ways. Uh, you could catch it streaming 10 different ways. Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, other things I post. But once again, get ready for next week. I know it's the holidays if you get a chance to listen. But once again, please let me know what you think. Advice. I want to continue to grow and transition. I already have some ideas for some people that I want to bring on as I upgrade some things. But maybe this, uh, I get a chance to speak more, especially around the holiday time. Uh, with my family back home. I have my little sister here in Houston. But uh, I've been in Houston for officially eight years. And um, I think that'd be a good story to tell. You know, my perspective of living in Houston the last eight years and, you know, just get a chance to open up a little bit. Let y'all know more about me who really doesn't know me like that. But the people who do listen knows me. I guess they know me pretty well. But anyway, you have a good day. Y'all be safe. And get money. Happy holidays. Stay out of trouble. And once again, please be safe. And be around the ones that love you as much as you love them and respect you, and values you. So, y'all take care.